Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. Day two of the U.S. Olympic trials are a wrap. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in live. Remember to put the questions, comments, and thoughts on the second day of action in the comments as we go along. Gordon, I'm once again in your first floor of your spacious apartment here on East Austin. You're on the second floor, the, the more luxurious studio, I'll say. Appreciate that. And for those who are tuning in, Kevin, whose second favorite team is the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, well, oh, Kevin, you're, you're in good news here. For the, this is an NBA podcast for the next uh, 20 seconds, just so you know. It got returned to back to a two-pointer. Tie game, one second left. Milwaukee has the ball. They're going to take a side out with one second left. We won't do play-by-play no, play of this final no game seven. Let's no talk updates. about track and field. Another another great day of action. We had uh, more people get a lot of DQs, reinstatements, some interesting semifinals, people making the final, not expecting to, people not making the final, expecting to. A lot of creative things happened in day two already. What should we start with first, though? What, I mean, we got Sarah. Yeah. The headline is Shakira Richardson. The headline is, can it continue to be Shakira Richardson, it feels like, until she, she stops running. Listen, she runs that semi. And I know it was wind dated, but she goes 1065 in a semi. We're not used to seeing 10 sixes. And I know this year we've seen a couple throughout the world, but it still is a jaw dropping moment when you see someone post a, a 10.6. And then all the questions turn to the final and, and how fast she would go in the final. She's kind of gone beyond, hey, is she going to win the US trials? It's now, hey, is she going to be able to? put up a, a historic mark and she runs a 10-8 into the headwind which was insanely impressive but I, this is the shikari i mean people have been saying it's the shikari show it's the shikari show what did you think of her actually going out there and doing it gordon yeah like you said prelim time is pr time she runs albeit a wind eight at 10-6 in the semis and she just clearly is the class of the field uh i was kind of shocked the way the final played out because she was in like third or fourth after 25 meters, after 50 meters. She really didn't really get control of the race until the final 30-ish meters. And then once she caught up to the field, it was all she wrote. And she kind of just pulled away, easily winning by you know almost 0.2 of a second, which is just like a dominating win for the 100, obviously. Uh, so it looked like she was kind of conservative in this race. She, I think she was kind of just maybe – the 10-6 in the previous prelim kind of took a lot more out of her than we expected, and she didn't have the greatest first 60% mm -hmm. of this race. But she's so good that she can afford to have an easygoing first 60% and then close that final 40% like world-class. So her winning, I thought, was inevitable. Time was what we expected. I think, though, the big story coming out of this 100 is who got second and third Mm -hmm. Literally a week ago, we had the college kids throwing down incredible times, and we're thinking, oh, my God, Cambria Sturgis, uh, Tamara Clark, Tonisha Terry, they're, they're truly in the conversation to be on Team USA. None of them make the final, and it's the vets. The vets are the ones who make the teams. Tiana Daniels comes on strong finally 
when it mattered most after kind of a low-key regular season, gets third. And Geneva Oliver gets second, breaking 11 seconds in that headwind. Uh, veteran and experience clearly matters, and I think it showed here. You look at the, mm-hmm. the, the final, everyone was a vet, you know? Mm-hmm. Even Candace Hill, who's like a young, she's a young vet because she's been pro for a few years now, but there was no college kids in this final. It was all people who have been on the pro circuit, and that's what it took to to make the team. And, and you wonder if this is going to translate over to the men's events, over into the 200s. Is it going to be experience is key for making U.S. teams in the sprint events? Mm-hmm. And how much did that one week break matter for the collegians? Would it have been better if it was three weeks? Would it have been worse if it was three weeks? But credit to Daniels and Oliver for rising to the occasion. I mean, this is the second time Daniels has has made a team. And in 2019, when she made the team, she came back after you know losing that NCAA championship race on her home track to Shakira Richardson. And she made the team and she found a way again to, to make the team. Prandini fourth, Thomas fifth, Gardner sixth, Hobbs in seventh, but was a late reinstatement after she was disqualified from her semi-heat in what was just a a bizarre set of circumstances, Gordon. What did you think about that? Yeah, it's kind of weird to... Hey, every time you have these false starts and hey, did it happen, did not happen, if if, if there's any sort of question mark, you got to let them run under protest, right? Just let the race play out and DQ them after, especially in a semifinal. Like, no one's getting hurt by her being in her lane in that semifinal. Um, it kind of probably screwed up Leah Hobbs in the end because she then had to wait and get last minute yeah. added to the start line in this final. So I think, in general, every time I see false starts, unless it's obvious, it's like, okay, you're out. But in that situation, there was no false start there. I mean, did you think there was a false start in the in that semifinal? The thing is, it shouldn't matter what I thought because the block should tell us this. There are sensors there that let us know exactly how much movement, if any, there was. You saw Thomas obviously move and make a big move out of the blocks. Anybody could have seen that. But it, the question was, did Hobbs flinch a little bit before that and was Gabby Thomas reacting to it? And I think obviously it did have an impact on her emotionally. That's incredibly draining. She was, yeah. you could see in, in tears um, when the cameras were, were following her and then she has to come back. And I don't know when, at what point she was actually added and when she found out. I mean, NBC said it like literally like right before it was, they were walking onto the track and it was as if Aaliyah Hobbs like came out of the bleachers to run the way they were describing it. But we don't, so you don't know how much prep time she actually had, but it certainly is not ideal way for her to get into, into that final. But nine lanes, the nine lane track. And that came in handy for for the folks in 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 Eugene tonight being able to add Hobbs. That's a that's a nice luxury to have. Yeah, and uh, fellow uh, Flow Track podcaster uh, Serenity Douglas, she tweeted uh, Tiana Daniels. Her dad would be so proud. She's the underdog. She's the one slept on. I'm so proud of her with the burnt orange hearts. They're both teammate former teammates together at UT. Um, for those who don't know the story, Tiana Daniels and her dad, I believe her dad passed away. So mm-hmm. uh, dealing with, you know, family, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mental, a- there's a lot of mental aspect to track and field. And every time someone is dealing with a, a family situation, whether it's a death in the family or just a hardship that you're going through, a lot of times you kind of package all that emotional energy into your, into your sport. And sometimes you run for you know your fallen siblings and or fallen uh, parental uh, figures. We just heard on the broadcast, uh, like live at the end of that race, was Shakari Richardson announced that her mom passed away within the few weeks. So you don't know what these athletes are going through, and that's like an incredible thing to be having to go through, especially during the most important month of your life where making your first Olympic team is all you're thinking about. And then just to have mm-hmm. a family member pass so close to that, it can do one of two things. It can tear you apart and you kind of fall apart at this type of event, or you can take all that energy and just kind of run for that fallen family member. And clearly 
Shakari Richardson did that um, today. Mm-hmm. A bit more on Shakari Richardson because I think the public is going to get more and more familiar with her in the lead up to these Olympics. And she's unique, not just in the world of track and field, but in sports in general. Right. You just don't you don't see somebody with this this combination of of personality and ability out there. And I think she's obviously perfectly tailor made for the the current era of 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 sports and sports media right now. And she's just gonna be great, great to watch. She doesn't hold anything back. She knows she lets her opinions be known. She celebrates after that. Sorry, I shouldn't even say after. During the semifinal, she points at the clock from 20 meters out. She's basically calling her shot. Say, look at that. Look at that clock. I mean, we just don't we just don't see it that often at this level. Um, and it's it's going to be a new experience for track and field, and I think a new, new experience for the public in in general, the sporting public, when they learn more and more about her heading into Tokyo. And the U.S. fan base is kind of eating it all up, and like they're enjoying it because they know mm-hmm. that she's the favorite and her winning. But the international fan base, they're getting a little teed off by this, you know, newcomer, mm-hmm. uh, first never been at a world championship runner, like, you know, calling out Shelly Ann Fraser Price, you know, saying mm-hmm. that she's, you know, you just be like, whoa, how dare you call out uh, yeah. one, a generational talent like Shelly Ann? But she's like, whatever, I'm going to run 10 mm-hmm. 6 right now. Hey, I can run 10 5. Why not? Justin Gatlin said in his post race press conference, he thinks that Shakari has a chance to run in the 10 fives. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, it's just an opinion, but I mean, yeah. I, the way she's running and she's young, I can see in the next three years she flirts with 10 fives, maybe, dare I say, a 10 4 9. I don't know. That would be incredible. But uh, yeah. she's she's going to be a fun one to watch these next five years. I can't wait. Yeah, regardless of the time that she runs, she's a show. And I think that's the important thing. It's not just, yes, she's going to win but whether or not she ran 10-8 tonight or 10-7 for the final it, it didn't matter you're you're hanging on every word you're watching everything that she does after the um after she crosses the line it's just magnificent and 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 wildly entertaining to watch I mean, you put her against other pe- every sport you could go through you know usually has somebody kind of like this somebody who people just can't take their eyes off of and right now in track and field that person is Shakira Richardson yeah so team Shakari, uh, Oliver, and Daniels making the relay team will be Jenna Prandini, Gabby Thomas, and English Gardner. English Gardner finding a way to get top six, making an Olympic team. Um, Gabby Thomas making her first Olympic team. She'll be coming back and hopefully make an individual team in that 200. And Jenna mm-hmm. Prandini, I uh, got a feel for her. She got She was running on fire in 2019, then got hurt and mm-hmm. wasn't able to run in any of the finals. And now she's back and going to be able to represent Team USA on that relay. So good for her, for Janet Prandini. Two ducks, right? Prandini and Gardner yeah. making it. And, um, and Gardner, had talk, one. Gardner had talked in the press conference earlier about you know having COVID and being, de- dealing with it for a long time, the after effects of it. But the fact that, yeah, she's able to pull it off at her college track along with uh, – that was a great performance for English Gardner, right? Like, obviously, she would have loved top three, but but to get on the team, that was a huge performance for her. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. What's next to talk about? Let's go 400. to the 400s. Yeah, I think we should go to the 400s because those were semis down to finals. On the men's side of things, Michael Cherry looked good, 44-50. Michael Norman, 44-74. I have not checked in on Michael Johnson and what he thinks <laughs> – about Michael Norman's performance. And if he look, did he look confident enough out there? Did How did he look? That's the key part. And four collegians advanced in total, Gordon. Yeah, both North Carolina A&T boys, both make it into that final. Randolph Ross having a much better performance than he did yesterday, running 44-8. Trevor Stewart got in with his 45-0. And Bryce Denman got in, snuck in, getting eighth. Uh, I was surprised, not going to lie, Noah Williams – LSU indoor 400 meter NCAA champ got second outdoors uh, to to Ross didn't have enough to make it into this final in uh, in this field I I was called out by LSU uh, many months ago when we were doing projecting who can make our top three and I flew off I said not Noah Williams he's it's indoors 
and then he goes out and has an incredible regular season. And then I hopped, and then unfortunately, I took all that backlash and I decided to join them and be on the Noah Williams train. And now look yeah. where it got me. Now he's not making the final, but it's okay. Noah Williams, I think he's only a sophomore at LSU. Yeah. He's going to have a good career. He He's going to lick his chops. I think this is one of his first USAs. So lick his wounds. Lick his wounds. No. Yeah. Wicked, not the chops. Yeah. Listen, pork chops. Four, four collegians. He'll be fine. Four, four collegians fine. made the final. That's still pretty. Pretty good, yeah. and not every not every collegian was going to be able to have like the the race you know of their life two weeks in a row. That that was, I don't want to say that's too much to ask, but just the odds were in the favor. You we know how deep the NCAA 400 meters is, right? So you know it's going to produce a really good result. And yeah. four guys got through. It wasn't the same order as NCAA's, but that's what happens when you have you know you have variants out there, right? Yeah. What, what uh, women's 400? Hey, Allison Felix, mm -hmm. sixth fastest mark out of the eight that qualified. What's your uh, heat measure on Allison Felix making this team? If she comes in, she ran 5101. She got second mm. in her heat, but the other heat, their top four all ran 50.5 or faster. Quinir Hayes led the way with the 50.07. Jonathan's mm -hmm. coming into form with the 50.2. Whitney PR'd again, 50.3. It's a, there's a lot of 50 points now in this field. Allison Felix is not a sure thing, I don't think. Do you think she can make top three? Oh, I think she can make top three. I don't think she's a sure thing. And I'm looking more at how she finished in that heat because we know how variable these things are from heat to heat. And I have no doubt she could have gotten in that top group if she was in heat two. But Quinara Hayes, you know, hats off to her. 50.07, that was solid. While and Jonathan get, is getting better every round. So I think she's going to be a force. And Kaylin Whitney, I mean, there's a story to be written about Kaylin Whitney out there. Like her journey and where she's been has been just remarkable. So you have a bunch of different stories here. Obviously, Kendall Ellis looks solid, finished ahead of of Felix. The, the women who got, you know, her seventh and eighth seeds, I think they're a long shot. But I think everybody else in that group, in that top six, has a has a chance, has a puncher's chance, and obviously Felix is right in there. And based on where she was before, that's a that's going to be a success. I think she's going to find her way into the top three. She may not win, but I mean, who are you picking to win? Who are you picking to win? This it's a tough it's a tough team to pick right now. Well, I had Irby winning, but mm -hmm. I'm kind of thinking Quinera Hayes, and the reason why I kind of fell off the. I was never on the Quinnera Harris bandwagon, and then I got shamed to be in it because she ran 49 seconds in like April. But then she didn't run since, so I was like, oh, maybe she's hurt. But clearly she's not. She's running 50.0. So Quinnera Hayes, I think Quinnera Hayes is the favorite. I think she ran really well here. I think she's the only one to run 49 seconds this year outside of obviously a thing Mo. So got to go with her. Uh, and big shout-out, like we said, to – uh, the seventh and eighth seats here, Taylor Manson and Shea Anderson. Manson from college. Florida, Anderson from UCLA. Two college kids. They're in the top eight, and because of the co-ed relay, they're going to take eight people who are 400-meter runners to the Olympics. So Manson and Anderson, they're Olympians, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean, that's, that's the fun part about trials, right? That's Those stories like that. Are so much fun to to follow to people who started off the year as oh man they're a really great collegiate runner and then now all of a sudden you know their season season could end in tokyo that's pretty exciting hey kevin can i break some news to you we're doing some breaking news right now on the pod yeah go ahead gordon the bucks won and it <laughs> dear district where are you at dear district yeah, I... <laughs> mick bird you're welcome Morgan McDonald, <laughs> Alicia Monson. Uh, who else is from Wisconsin? You're not even a Bucks fan. Come on, Maverick right, Darling. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, keep moving. Let's go to let's go to the women's fifteen hundred, men's fifteen hundred. Listen, we said, hey, things are going to get crazy in those fifteen hundred and eight hundred prelims. Yeah, you might have been bored by the first round, but wait till the second round. There's going to be all sorts of crazy upsets, and that didn't happen, Gordon. That did not happen. So nope. take this opportunity right now to apologize to all the listeners and viewers out there who trust you. I never said I, I didn't say crazy upsets. That's just a that's just a phrase that people think that could happen. But I never like 
predicted like chaos. Come on, don't don't put that on me. I am bummed out for our fellow Austinite, Sarah Lancaster, who just happened to be in the slower heat. She was seventh in her heat. You got to think that if she was maybe in the second heat and got seventh in that heat, then she probably would have uh, qualified. I think on the women's side, um, the only like notable that I was like, wow, is Heather McLean of mm -hmm. New Balance Boston. She's the first one out. She's been running well. She trains with L Perrier. She's been running well. She's been running four, four O's consistently mm -hmm. in the 1500. I thought she would make a final. And then surprise making a final. I think I got to give it to, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Rebecca Mara probably. Yeah, Rebecca Mara, she's mainly mm -hmm. an 800-meter runner. I mean, that's what she she ran well in the 800 in 2019. For her to sneak in to uh, the was... final is pretty impressive. But everyone else is expected to be there, like the Simpsons, Schlock the Hoffins, Johnson, Osika, McGee, Hiltz, Purier, et cetera. Yeah, I was surprised. Haymock was my big surprise from Stanford because you know Anna Camp Bennett just won the NCAA title. I mean, Haymock fell though, so a little bit of redemption here. And uh, yeah. Whitney Whitney Orton uh, goes by Whitney Morgan now was ahead of her by a decent distance heading into the final hundred and then got caught for that final spot. But if you had told me at the beginning of the year Mara was going to make it, I'd believe it just based on how well she ran last year in the eight. Schlachterhofen makes sense. Danny Aragon, we saw how well she ran against Simpson. You got the winner this year, Simpson. Simpson ran pretty well, Gordon. Simpson ran. I watched that race. I was looking. Hey, is, if I didn't know anything about Jenny Simpson's season, that's the headspace I put myself into. If I did not know about her struggles this year, would I think – she's still the same Jenny Simpson. And I, I think, I think I would, I think I would, like, it looked like a very economical prelim. I don't know, man. It still kind of feels like fool's gold. I don't know. I mean, cause in her field, who does she beat? That's like notable that you can think of making about a team. Beating. It doesn't matter about beating. It's about advancing and how, and how you look when you advance. And yeah, she but was second, when you she was second in that heat, behind Purrier. Purrier looks like the class of field. Don't get me wrong. Purrier's race was an incredible show of strength, I thought. Yeah. That was a, hey, I'm not leaving anything to chance. I'm super confident. I'm not worried at all. But she doesn't need to get first. She just needs to get top three. I think she's more in the mix than I thought she was going into this weekend, is all I'm saying. Well, but like, you look at who she beat, like the other heat, it, it has the other... No, yeah, but it does, because the other heat has the heat. It has the athletes that are more likely to finish second and third behind Perrier. They have Hiltz, Sinclair Johnson, Osika, Danny Jones, Corey McGee. It's just more people. Like no one was predicting Danny Aragon was going to be top three. No one, Rebecca Mara. Maybe Schlachterhofen, you could argue. But other than that, like, I don't know. I just think that- She was cruising. I think she would have been fine in the other heat. I think she would have been fine in the other heat. She may not have yeah. won. She might have been behind Hiltz, behind McGee. And now it's a 12-person 12, a 12 race. Yeah. I think she would have fin finished fifth. I feel like she would have finished fifth in the other heat, not second. Okay. And she's moving on. And it's a 12-person okay. final. She's got to figure out a way to get top three. That, that's all there is to it. I think she's going to go back home or to the hotel room, and she's going to she's smart, and she's going to strategize this thing, and she's going to game out all the possibilities, and she's going to try to master tactician her way to a top three finish. She might run it in a different way than she's run before, but the idea that she was just going to be DOA in these trials is obviously not true. Yeah. You, could, you, could fake, sure. you could fake it in the first round. You could not fake it in this round. If she just didn't have it, we would have seen it by now. She may not have enough. It, it still may not be enough because it's a deep field. And Corey McGee, one of my picks, by the way, looked pretty good. And we also, though, have to, I mean, elephant in the room, right? There's no Shelby Houlihan, so... There's really only one superstar right now in this field, and that's El Perrier and everyone. Right. So it's like it's become like a very different field. And uh, like we said, Rebecca Mara making it in that 1500. I'll see you on freaking Monday. Who <laughs> says that? Have you ever said I'll see you on freaking Monday? Like I guess that's what you say when someone emails you at work at like 4:30 on Friday. Is like I'll just see you on freaking Monday, man. I, I'm not answering I don't even this think email. That. I think Rebecca Mara tweeted a sentence that's never been written before, and I think that's an <laughs> impressive feat. She did that, and she made she made the fifteen hundred meter final of the Olympic trials in the same day. I don't do not think anybody's ever put those words together in a sentence before. So, has anyone been excited for a Monday? Like, no. I mean, uh, I it guess maybe been the 
Listen, if you were going to say it sarcastically, it would have been another word that starts with F, not freaking. That's what you yeah, would have said. Sure. So I don't think this yeah. group of words has ever been put together in one sentence before. Uh, questions in the chat here. We got one from, or a comment here. DC Noel had a good one. Oh, man. It's, I lost it. I lost it. Where did it go? Where did it go? Uh, Perrier was always going to win, but I'm kind of baffled by why the field let Simpson's heat go so slow. You're handing her a spot. If you run a 410 pace, she won't lose a tactical race. Yeah. That's true. But if the issue was, if the issue with Simpson is her closing speed, then maybe the slow pace is going to be to her, to her detriment at this point. The key is no, she's fit. I, I think the key is she's fit. Well, the question is, can she run 403 right now? Okay, but it's also how fast can she close? Correct. But that I don't care about that because if you think well, you should, like all right, because we're when gonna... she ran her when she ran that four oh seven, Daniel Aragon she was ahead at the bell and then lost by a second to Daniel Aragon. So she needs she needs both, right? She needs to be able to run yeah. that fast and she needs to be able to close off of it. I think. Let's talk a little bit about the eight hundred. Um, eight hundred. My boy, my boy, Shane Strike. Hey man, he ran. He's eighth. He had the eighth fastest time, but because of the stupid qualifying system, he doesn't get to go because he's in a, a faster heat. Regardless, um, all the big guns went through. I guess the one notable that didn't qualify would be Brandon Miller of A and M. But at the same time, Brandon Miller, he's a freshman. He's already had a really long season. An incredible, you know, NCAA's like to for him to even make the final i feel like that would have been the win i don't think anyone had miller as a potential top three so he still had a great season no no nothing to be ashamed of to get knocked out in this round when you have mm -hmm. kidder brazier murphy hopple harris you know of those type of guys in this field yeah hopple won the second heat over harris and jewett uh, daniel nixon of ohio iowa state excuse me putting together a good meet and then Samuel Voles of Notre Dame also qualified. First heat was Murphy and Brazier across the line and then uh, Kidder. We're going to get into this conversation again and how did they look and we're going to try to read the tea leaves between like, was that a spry Bryce Hopple or is, is there an issue? And what about Donovan Brazier? Did he have as much pop? I think we're looking at the same group that we thought. I think one guy is out now because Miller, I thought, had the capability. He had just he had that upside potential to be able to do it. But I think Brazier, Hopple, Murphy, Harris, and Isaiah Jewett, I think, is the group that can that can make it. Uh, and I'll give long shot status to to Kidder, Voles, and and Nixon. But did you think that you'd see more from the semis from Hopple or Brazier? No, I mean, I think we got – well, they, they're not trying to go crazy right now. I think they just want to – they ran like they're pros. They ran like, hey, just put yourself in position. Make sure you're far enough away from fourth in your field and you should be fine. Mm -hmm. I do want to talk about one thing, though, about this. So if you had to pick a list of people who you think can be top three, tell me where I'm wrong. When I, I would say people were probably – Say these six people can be top three. Murphy, Brazier, Kidder, Hopple, Harris, and Jewett. Would you agree? I don't think people think Daniel Nixon or Sam Voles of Iowa State and Notre Dame are making the team, correct? Yeah, I think and Kit well, Kidder, I think Kidder would be a little Kidder, shot. I said it, I said it. I, I said it. Those six. Brazier, Murphy, Kidder, Hopple, Harris, and Jewett. Yeah, I five of those Kidder. guys. I'd probably put Kid yeah. on the other side is all I'm saying. I mean, it's it's okay, regardless. Whatever. Yes. Go ahead. Five of five of those guys have the standard. One of them does not, and that is Isaiah Harris. Again, we're doing this the again. We uh, could I'm I'm just saying the, the standard is 145.2. Is there a chance what's third his place in this race could be 145.21 and he doesn't have the standard? Do you think it could what? happen? Yes, because it happened in 2019, and he had to go out hard, which was out of character for him because he knew he needed to have the standard and top three, and it didn't work. But what's his world ranking? Is he on IAAF right now trying to figure it out? Has he called you? Because you seem to know more about world rankings than anybody else. Like, so I can tell his, you – So Does he need to get it? Because so, that's going to change the okay. race dramatically. 
Currently, the the forty eight. Isaiah, listen to this. Ranked, Isaiah, currently listen the, to this part. There are forty eight people who get to go to to the Olympics. Um, most of them have the standard, but to go down to fill the field, the forty eight three per country, the forty eighth person has a ranking that is one thousand one hundred and eighty eight points. Okay. His his the amount of points he currently has is one thousand two hundred and forty two points. So, in order for him to not to get it, would he would need which puts him about like thirty eighth. He would need ten people from certain countries to improve their ranking past that number or all get the standard. So he's in good hands. I'm trying to say it's not that big of a deal. But what it is is when this happens, you hope the broadcast understands that he uh, okay. is not, but you know. Can he, can he improve his own ranking? Yes, he can improve his own ranking. So it's not just one-sided. No, yeah. And it will improve because if he gets third, that'll improve it. I'm okay. just saying for the people who are, are you... watching and they see him without the Olympic rings next to his name and will they give him a flag or not, they need to say like there's probably a 90%, 95% chance he'll get in on ranking. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. You can't be wrong on this because I just told him to watch and tune into this part <laughs> to, to get some good information here. And we have uh, so D David in the chat says, I do think Gordon is the only person who understands world rankings. And there's like six people probably. And yeah, well, I'm just saying it's going to be a thing, right? We have yet to okay. have first of all, these world me... rankings are off. You need to change the date, man. You got to go to June 15th. That's okay. The anyway, rankings he was showing were. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Here's, here's what I want to know from you. If your yeah, financial future was tied into Isaiah Harris's performance in this race, would you tell him to go out and try to get the standard in this race in the final? Or would you say that that's not a smart idea, that he should just run a race as normal, and if he gets top three, he'll go because you're confident in his world ranking? Which would you do? As the great Sam Hinkie said, trust the process. He should just trust the ranking. Trust the ranking, and he'll be fine. He's not close to the bubble. He's ranked. Okay. Yeah, he'll be fine. I think he'll be okay. fine. And just what's your address and phone number if this ends up being wrong? Just look right in the camera and can you tell Isaiah I live, in the world? I live, on, I live on East 11th Street in Austin, Texas. I won't tell you, you the number. I, I, I do live in a forest. You're going to sleep in the spare bedroom, right? Isn't that the plan if we go yeah. too late? Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. By day five, I might have to be sleeping here. Let's transition now to the opening round of the men's 100, where we saw Trayvon Bromel run 9.84 wind dated, and he turned to look across the track and make sure his victory was assured. In that same heat, Justin Gatlin ran 9.93, and Michael Williams ran 9.95. Ronnie Baker runs 9.88 legal, uh, and Fred Curley goes 9.93. Uh, Noah Lyles in that heat ran 9.95, and then Marvin Bracey and Kenny Bednarik won the other two heats. What was your takeaway from the opening round, Gordon? Takeaway is Curly did not make a bonehead decision. He may – it's not like he, – he is clearly going to be able to make this final. I think mm -hmm. he's running well enough that – he should at least be top six to make that four by one. Will he yes. get third or second? I don't know. Um, anything can happen. But he didn't have he didn't have a like, oh man, what are you doing here? He had a, a good race. 993, 1.9 wind. He did uh lose to Baker, which is kind of interesting because mm -hmm. Baker talked about curly racing him. Uh he runs basically the same time as Justin Gatlin. I, I, this mm -hmm. this 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 picking this team is gonna be really hard. I mean, I'm really excited to see who actually makes the final because the question is there are guys who didn't run as fast, but they did well in their heats, like Marvin Bracey, Kenny B, Isaiah Young. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited to see how these uh semifinals play out. Um, we know Bromel is gonna win. Nothing's changing that unless something crazy happens. Yeah, uh, but I really think I can think of 10 to 
15 different combinations of who gets second and third in this in these final. I, I yeah. There's no. Be- I have no faith. There's no one over 50 percent chance to get second or third. Everyone is under 50 percent. Yeah, that's accurate. except for Mel. I, I think the big the big takeaway came actually in the press conference about Noah Lyles when he said everything that he does is preparation for the 200. And he recounted a conversation that he had with his mom. And she's like, well, why are you worried about you know the 100? And he talked about how he wasn't worried at all for the two, 200. And she said, well, why are you worried about your side chick? That's their, <laughs> not my quote. That was Lyles' quote about what his mom said to him. So clearly the focus is on the 200. So I think that means we need to lower our expectations about what he thinks he can do in the, yeah. in the hundred. And it it's coming at a time that the event is just remarkably deep too. And I mean, even if Lyles was on top of his game, I don't think he'd be a lock. He'd be in that, he'd be in that group. But right now with how Curly's running, how Baker's running, how Gatlin's running, how Bracey's running, and obviously Bromel is just, it's going to be a stacked, stacked final. Uh, I also wanted to wish uh, hopefully get well soon and not that bad of an injury to to Jalen Slade. It looked really bad when he pulled up. Uh, you made a loud noise, like "damn," basically uh, when it happened. When I was watching it with you, it looked. I don't want to speculate on the injury, but um, when you saw it first, it looked really, really bad. But it did look like he was walking off on his own power, which I think is a good. A good sign, but hopefully Jalen Slade, his first trials, he's able to uh, have a speedy recovery. Yeah, I thought something snapped is what it looked like, the flailing of it, but yeah. luckily it seems like it wasn't anything like that. It looks like just when you're running so fast and you make one small weird step, you can kind of go, you can just lose your balance and it can look a lot worse than it really is because you're just going at such a, a fast speed. But he's fine, which is good. He's young. Should see him in that 200. Should be good. Yeah. Uh, someone in the chat asked thoughts on Matt Bowling. I mean, he made it. He advanced. Yeah. Uh, small Q I there. Think- he ran 10.13. He was fifth in his heat, the third heat. Obviously, he'd have to really outperform his seed time to to make the final. Yeah. He, he did not get uh, a good start. He did not get a good yeah, start. He didn't, yeah. He was behind. Anyone not make it? I mean, Kendall Williams didn't make it, but Rodney Rowe, a couple other college guys. It wasn't other too many crazy um, DNQs did not qualify. Mm-hmm. What happens in the semis will be kind of monumental, and we'll kind of talk about that at the end of the pod, uh, yes. previewing uh, those semifinals. Yeah, so real quick on the 100 hurdles, uh, Kenny Harrison, 1049. Brown and McNeil. 1251 so she'll be advancing remember she's running in this meet while her case is still before kaz so there's a possibility that she could make the team but not compete at the olympics because the kaz decision has not been handed down and she was allowed to compete in this meet um under the conditions that you know the kaz decision obviously will impact whether or not she runs in in Tokyo, but running 1251 in your debut, like because I, I you had no idea what to expect from her. You didn't know what sort of shape she was in. You didn't know what yeah. she thought was going to happen with her appeal, whether or not she was in really good shape. But she opened with a time, uh, 1250, actually, I'm seeing on here. I wrote down 12, 1251. Uh, Talia Brooks was solid. Anna Cockerell, 1263. Renia Jones. Don hey. Harper Nelson didn't make, the, didn't make it out. That was like the one big name who did not advance. What do you think? What do you think will happen? Let's assume McNeil makes the team, mm-hmm. and she has this whole potential five-year ban, yeah, hanging over her head with a a cast decision, which we have no idea when that appeal will end, and all that good, all that not good stuff, but all that you know, mumbo jumbo lawyer stuff. So, like, if you're finishing fourth in that in this race, what, like, what, what, what should USATF do? What should the, what should the track community respond to what should how should the athletes react like what do you think is going to happen and how do you think people are going to react to it i think the decision is going to come out sometime between when this meet concludes and when the olympics start i guess it would be probably closer to when this meet concludes and when the olympics start because you'd want to give somebody fair warning to get prepared but if you finish fourth i think you think that there's at least a solid chance that you end up running in tokyo i do not know there has not been any real information about 
this case other than what the charge was. And we know that she had a one-year suspension for whereabouts failures earlier in her career. And she was she had a, a sentence reduced to one year, but she had to sit out for an entire year. So this is her second issue with it, which is why the ban is potentially longer. If you're an opponent, it probably feels surreal because you've probably trained your whole life for this and you're going to get a moment and you don't know how it's going to go down and you really, it's going to be really unpredictable. Uh, but I, as far as USATF, I mean, they, this was the decision that was put in play. They, they could not, so if I, I don't think they could unilaterally say you're not allowed to run. I think they had to follow well, the code just as they had to follow the code with Houlihan and not here's allow the Houlihan thing. to run. Yeah. I mean, we'll end up talking about this tomorrow more, but if she makes it and it is, it would be in McNeil's best interest to let the process play out as long as possible to like not fast forward. It's just like, Hey, or let me well, know. She's not, and she's not, there's no, it's already I'm, in. I think, I think we're just waiting. It's ruling. in, but I like, she's already we been. don't know when, how long we know, because it'll be, what if it gets delayed and we don't find out the rule? Like is cast like the cast is going to go yeah. off of their own timeline. So no, that fourth place person would be like, Hey, if you don't tell, give us the answer soon enough, I won't be able to get on be able to book my plane ticket in time. Like I think that'll be a situation. I think, I think where they can, they time these things around championships. And it was something that was in the release that they'd be able to get the decision figured out before the Olympics. And when I hear before the Olympics, I don't think a day before the Olympics. I think weeks before to give people ample time. I think they'll be able to do it. I it's my understanding that the case has been like they just need to they just need to give the ruling at this point. Right. They need to yeah, I think you're giving cast a benefit of doubt they take forever to do everything man like i don't think they're gonna be right, like but look at when this case popped up though look at when we first heard about this case it was a while ago they've had this one for a fair bit of time um and, and i don't they, think why they, they have to wait till now to figure it out well i think you can only speed it up to a point and i think they say okay the trials we can she can run and we can still maintain some level of integrity around the event because if we just have to take top four uh, it would just be like someone got injured, right? Or some other issue came up and then you put the next person in. So, I mean, the, this is only an issue now because she looks really good and looks like she's going to make the team. If she went out there and ran 12-9, you know, obviously it would not have been yeah. as big of a deal, but now it becomes an even bigger deal. Um, do you want to talk about other news, non-event news from today? We'll start with trials-related stuff. So Colin Quigley scratched from the steeplechase. Um, and then a thing Mo obviously went pro and Terrence Laird signed with Adidas. That was two days ago, but we're just getting to it now. Let's start first with the quickly scratch. Were you surprised? Uh, yes and no. We both, when we were making our picks on the quickly situation, we were like, uh, I don't know. Is she healthy? Is she, why is she not running? Let's just trust it. And you went with the quickly pick. And I was like, I think she's going to end up not running. And I went with the Wayman as my third. So mm -hmm doesn't really surprise me when you haven't run since february yeah. uh it makes sense the only thing that's surprising is like why do you wait till after you already de declared like if you didn't know by now wouldn't you have known like three days ago like I, I mean i don't know how maybe there was that extra chance you needed one extra day to figure it out but you would think if you're deciding now why did you declare in the first place i don't know I guess because you're the hoping that to it comes together. You're hoping that it comes together. That's what you're doing, and you're yeah. putting everything together with duct tape and trying to yeah. see if you can figure out a way to do it. And then you do one last workout to test it, and it doesn't go well. And you think, you know, I there's guess, no, yeah. there's no chance of it working out. So I might as well scratch. This is what makes the Olympic trials so difficult to forecast because some people you don't see for several yeah. months or even a year, and then they show up at the trials, and they're as fast as they were before, and you look like a fool doubting him. And then some people, they don't run for a while. You don't see them in any results. They come to the trials and scratch or run poorly. And then you're like, well, why didn't, this was obvious. Why did we think yeah. that she was going to run? But it's because you have all these different scenarios, all these different cases and people's injury timelines are so different. But there was a big three in the women's steeplechase and now it's down to a big two. And I think there's eight women who can get that third spot. It's going to be really, really interesting for that third and final spot. I think 920 now will qualify. We'll be able to, to, to be good enough. I think if someone runs that quick, which is no guarantee, I think that will make it. Whereas Quigley, if she was, you know, in form 
you know, she'd probably run high nineteens, I would guess. Uh, nine nineteens, that is nine high teens. Yeah. That's really a tongue twister to say, but you know what I mean? Like Constian, uh, Marissa Howard, you mentioned Waymet, uh, of course, Leah Fallon, uh, Rainsburg, you put in there, Mahala Norris, et cetera, et cetera, that group. Yeah. It's, uh, the end of, I mean, maybe we'll still have the big three era next year. Maybe mm -hmm. she'll be able to come back by 2022, but you got to think if whoever is that third place finisher, it's going to be a huge momentum for their career. They're going to get all that experience and they probably will get better. And I think if Quigley then comes back, it mm -hmm. won't be a sure thing that the top three are going to be Frerichs, Coburn, and Quigley because that yeah. whoever this newcomer becomes yeah, will just have this, yeah. this new mojo going into the next you know Olympic cycle. That's a great point. That's a great point. I think back to 2015, Nick Simmons didn't run. Had, there was that dispute with USATF. Who makes the team, Gordon? Clayton Murphy. Clayton Murphy takes that spot, goes on to get an Olympic medal. Let's go international real quick, and then we'll go back to the trials. Wade Van Niekerk ran today at the Continental Tour meet in Madrid on the green track in Madrid. I like it. I like the green track. He goes 44-56. Now, he doesn't win, but the guy he loses to, Zambrano, I think is the most underrated 400 guy in the world. Very quietly won silver in, in Doha behind Steven Gardner and ahead of Fred Curley. So I think this is a pretty good result for Van Niekerk. I think him mixing it up with some of the best in the world, getting reps is good experience. You can see there if you're watching it, Zambrano pulled even in about the last 50 and just edged him out there. So is this the Wade Van Niekerk from the world record version of Wade Van Niekerk? No. Is this a Wade Van Niekerk who can still medal? Absolutely. Because we've seen, you know, 44s are kind of across the board other than, other than Randolph Ross at NCAAs. 44s has been what everybody's been dishing out this year in, in this event. Yeah. I think he has a chance to kind of hold on to one last mm -hmm. strong metal type performance. Uh, maybe he has another one after that, but uh, I mean, this definitely would be his last Olympics that he is potential to win an Olympic gold. I think, uh, I don't know if he'll be able to hold on to this all the way through 2024. We look good there uh, as Lincoln didn't, was it Lincoln who was all on the anti Van train? Yeah, yeah, he called him Dunn and all the South African stands out there went crazy on Lincoln. Uh, but I wonder, what do you think Lincoln's reaction is to this race? Because he, 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 he was dead I'd have to, to go back. I'd have to go back and look at the tape. But I, I don't know if he was saying he was done as a world record and gold medal threat or if he's talking about just done like he's not going to make the Olympics. Because if it's he's not going to make the Olympics or make a final, obviously that was preemptive on Lincoln's part. But – my thing was he didn't need to get back down to that level. He didn't need to get he didn't need to run 4303 and still be a factor yeah. in this event. In fact, he could win gold running much slower than that and you think somebody's going to pop something whether or not it's Norman, whether or not it's Gardner, whether or not it's Zambrano. Somebody's going to get something uh going here in the 43 seconds, but Van Nieker just keeps himself in the mix. He didn't have a 400 meter qualifier, so, you know, Lincoln and he's not here anymore, so we can run back his old takes here. Uh, there he is with that. Remember, he wear a hat every podcast too. Man, I miss that guy. But yeah, just, he is when Van Niekerk done. It's pretty. It's pretty explicitly written there. There was no caveats there. It's like no. <laughs> and then remember, a couple of days after that, Van Niekerk started posts on social media hashtag Not Done Yet. He had a whole infographic package. It was. There we go. It, it was a Gordon troll level response. You know, it was it was something that you we'd see from some of these SIDs responding to some of your, yeah. some of your uh, outlandish comments. Okay, Timothy uh, Cherry. This actually is the biggest, most impactful, potentially important result of the entire day. He got beat at the Kenyan Trials and didn't just get beat. He finishes fourth, which is insanely rare for Timothy Cherry to not finish in the top three in a competition. Supposedly he's hurt. Supposedly he's not going to be named to the Olympic team, which would be an absolute stunner. The ripple effects would be immense. It would obviously be huge for Jacob Ingebrigtsen, but it would open up that entire event because we don't even know if Jacob Ingebrigtsen is going to run the 15. You think that if Chariot's out that he would go there, but maybe he wants to run the five after run 1248, in which case just throw your hands up and 
say, I don't know who's going to win. Maybe Yared Nagus is going to win the gold medal. I don't know. This is crazy, Gordon. <laughs> I did not anticipate Timothy Chariot not making the Kenyan team. I will say they've changed their mind before on Olympic selections. So I still think he's going to end up on the start line. That's my prediction. Well, here's the thing. If you go back on the Athletics Kenya, they listed who they have on the team. Yeah, and I think they'll change that. The rules that they had were top two were auto, and the yeah. third place um, is chosen by a committee. And they yeah. tweeted out the 1500 meter team, and they didn't. They tweeted out three names: so Charles Samotu, Kamar Ityang, and Abel Kipsang. Yeah, I don't, don't care. I don't. I don't think care they've named they're the going to just like kick. <laughs> yes, I do. You've you've seen this happen before with Saruni, right? Yeah, but that, that was different, though. They never named Saruni. Okay. They named two. They they named two at large people. This is what they did, okay. and they didn't know that you can't send a team of five, so they screwed it up. Uh, but they, they also one year didn't send Mary Catani in the marathon, which was still one of the most yeah. baffling decisions I've ever seen in track and field. So I'm just saying. If they change their mind, do not be surprised. I think the only way he doesn't get picked or he didn't get picked if there's information about a very serious injury that he doesn't think can get right in the next month because Olympics are relatively close. So I could see, hey, he's, he's banged up and we're going to send a different team. But this would be huge. I mean, this is a massive favorite. This is the equivalent to you, you, you'd look at you know, Safan Hassan scratching an event yeah or not making her country's team that's the level of dominance that chariot had or like mo farah in his prime being like i'm only gonna do the 5k this year you know like, yeah. well 10k just became open you know so, yeah yeah all right Chesarek was at that meet he he okay. tried to qualify in the 10k and 5k did not make it uh but that was his first time of officially saying hey I'm going to attempt to choose one country, and he chose Kenya because he wasn't able to get his U.S. citizenship in time for the Olympics. Uh, but hopefully, Chez finds a way to rebound and make the team next year in 2022 and actually run in front of his – it would be the first time ever at, at Eugene, if he were to make the team, where like the hometown team is cheering for the opponent in Kenya, which would be kind of cool to see like Chez mm -hmm. running for representing Kenya. So we have to wait till 2022 for that, though. Anyway <laughs> – Final thing, let's do a re let's uh, preview tomorrow. Is that what we're doing? Preview yeah, tomorrow? tell Travis so he knows. I'm telling Travis. Travis, we're going to preview tomorrow. We'll start with uh, the women's 100 hurdles, looking at the, the field, um, the, 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 the two uh, semifinals. Travis, bring up the semifinal heats. There you go. Um, you see McNeil, Marshall, Nelvis, I guess, has been running. Not that. The, I think Heat Two is probably the harder Heat because it has the Heat with Kenny Harrison, and What's you know Harrison called? is going to win the Death Heat. There you go. So Heat Two here is a Death Heat with uh, Cockrell and Harrison. What are your thoughts? Nothing yeah, too crazy. I, I think in this team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, the person I'm, I think, could influence things the most would be Tania Marshall if if she gets it going again. Uh, today she ran just a, a twelve seventy six and got third in her heat, but she's run twelve four this year. So that would be the person I would keep my eye on, just in the semis of okay, maybe she's getting her legs back under her. She scratched that NCAA final. She could get down to that twelve four range, which is enough to make the team. Then we're looking at the women's four, women's four hundred. So no, we have a lane. no, no, men's hundred. Oh. Men's hundred. Well, the, I want to save that for last for the actual final. Okay. okay. Well, all right. All right. Men, well, I know the women's four then. Save the men's okay. hundred for last. Women's four hundred. Irby, Manson, Anderson, Jonathan, Hayes, Ellis, Felix in eight, and Whitney in nine. So Felix will be uh, way on the outside there and running blind for a good portion of it. Although Whitney's been running well, so she's probably a good person to have out there to to chase like she'll be a, a good marker for her yeah Hayes I like in six she got a good heat good good lane I don't know we've seen these women now run twice already in the past two days we just got to get this final one off the ground we've already previewed that I kind of want to more talk about some of the semifinals right we're talking about death heats okay so let's, let's talk about it. the 100 meter let's just talk, let's go right into the 100 all right 
let's let's try to predict the hundred meter final. Okay, so all it's eight. top. Yeah, all eight. It's top three per heat mm-hmm. with the two fastest on time. So let's go with heat one and let's pick our big cues. We both got Bromel as a big cue, right? Correct. I think my big cues are going to be Gatlin, Bednarik, and Bromel. What do you think? Yes, I like that. And I think, man, I'm trying to decide which is the death heat, but they're pretty even here. I don't think there is a death heat in this one. <laughs> yeah, bro, I, I think I think Bromel, obviously, uh, Gatlin, and Bednarik. And I think Young is going to be real close. So it wouldn't surprise me if Young sneaks in a third. And I think Young will get I know we'll get to the small cues in a second, but I think Young will be right there in that mix. All right, heat two. I think it's going to be Baker, Bracey, and Curly who get the big cues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have Baker and Bracey making the team. So obviously I'm sticking with them. And I think Curly showed enough today to where you'd say he's going to be in the top three in that heat. Okay. Now here's the thing. Two people get to get the time qualifier. Yeah. I would argue it's going to be between Isaiah Young, Michael Williams, and Noah Lyles. And I'm going to say it here. I think Noah Lyles does not make the final. I think Old, Lyles right is going to Noah Lyles doesn't I, make the final. I think he's going to do enough to get that last qualifying spot. So my my small cues would be Young from the first heat, and I think Lyles will get it from, from the second heat. I think the start hasn't been great, but I think he has enough closing speed over the back half um, to get it done. But I don't. I'm not going to pick him to get top three once we get to the final at the end of the night. I, but I think he will make yeah. the final. Michael Williams is running well, man. On his home track, he's I agree. I agree. That. He's been he's been in those blocks this all year long. He ran ten flat in the in that prelim. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Williams and Isaiah Young get the two at large, and that's okay. going to be the story. I think the story is going to be Noah allows us to make the final. I think the story is going to be the top three from the final later on that night. That might yeah, be a story the, for a half an hour, but then we're going to move yeah. past it and we're going to talk about it. Uh, do you want to go full Michael Johnson and tell me about people who didn't look that confident today? No, nah, everyone Gordon's looked got, confident. Gordon's confidence. Confidence, confidence was key. A uh, couple other people made the Olympic team. Hold on, men's 400. Uh, Valerie Allman. Oh, what about the 400? The men's 400 finals tomorrow. We didn't talk about it. Yeah, well, we've already talked Norman? about the 400 twice in the past you got day and a half. I got, yeah, Norman's okay, making the team. He's confident. I'll, Accord- yeah, he's I wanna, confident. <laughs> I want to revisit the picks and see if you want to make any okay, changes. Well, so I had Norman, well, Ross, and Cherry. You had Norman, Williams, and Ross. Do you want to change anything about your picks? Well, I got to take Williams off. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. So I'll replace Williams with... Dramatic pause. Cherry. Okay. So you have the same picks as me now. All right. That was not as interesting as I thought it was going to be. I will let you then direct the rest of the show. I'll tell you who I was going to say. I'll tell you who I was going to say. I was going to say Godwin, but then I chickened out and I went with Cherry. Then say it. It's like when you're at, you know, Rita's Italian Ice and you're trying to figure out. No, Italian you ever go to Italian ice station and you're like, hey, I don't know what flavor I want. And you're like, ooh, root beer, oh, vanilla, coconut, all these different flavors. And you're like, ah, oh, cherry. And you just go with cherry. And then you walk out the door with the cherry uh, Italian ice. And, and you're happy. And you sit on the beach eating the plain old cherry Italian ice. And that's Wait, what I'm doing here in this 400. With Michael Cherry. With Michael Cherry, yeah. Okay. I see how it all Got tied together there. All right. What else did you want to – what do you want to close with? Well, there's other Olympians that were just announced. The okay, women's good. discus throw, Valerie Allman. Mm-hmm. Congrats. I mean, she obviously was going to make the team. She's the American record holder. Uh, but it is an interesting thing. If you bring up the results, first, third, and fifth uh, have this standard. So the question is, does Michaela Hazel, Hazelwood have a good enough world ranking to get in. So it's time for Do You Have a World Ranking? It's a new segment I just created. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, what, what her name, I'm going to look it up right now as we do this. Her name is Hazelwood, right? Hazelwood? 
Yeah, that's what you so said. You really sold she this currently, <laughs> So she currently is ranked around like the 44th area. And she needs to be in the top 32. Okay. So I have a feeling that it's not going to be enough. However, I've been wrong before. So she mm -hmm. is kind of on the bubble with world ranking. I'm going to go 50% chance they take the fifth person because they had the world standard and not the second person who has a so-so world ranking. That's been that – was that Do was you have addition. the world rankings presented by no one? That was a great first or second or third installment of that segment <laughs> there. Uh, we're going to go in a second, but if you got questions, put them in the chat. Put them in the chat. Put them in the chat right now. Uh, Richard says, what happened to Terrence Laird in the 100? Did he opt for only the 200? Yes, yes, that is correct. Trevor says, don't see Godwin's form holding up in the finals. Last 100 would be brutal. I like the way he runs, though. And I think it's cool. When the 400, it has to have at least one person who's really aggressive. So that's interesting. Uh, I also saw Heather McLean Gordon has been added back to the 1500. So they'll have 13 Ooh. women in there. So she advanced via protest. I saw Chris Chavez tweet that. And I checked on the list. And she had a small queue next to her name. Uh, Craig says, would have loved to see Fan Boulay in the 200. He's competing for Liberia. Yeah. He announced on his Instagram. So you'll get to see him in the Olympics, which is going to be awesome too. Fast track. We'll have to wait, but it'll be, but it'll be very cool to see him at the Olympics. Um, I don't know, do you have a, uh, do you have a 400 time prediction, Gordon? 44.01. Okay, so no sub, no sub forty four. Yeah. I'm guessing you're gonna say sub fifty for the women though, because Cornell Hayes almost did it tonight. Yeah, I'll go forty nine ninety eight for the women. Forty nine ninety eight, but man, no sub forty four. That would be pretty crazy. All right, well, we'll be back tomorrow. Yo, can we show Valerie Allman's Instagram again on the on the on the screen? Oh, Brandon wants to know if Sixers are winning games. Hold on, Brandon wants to know if Sixers are oh. winning game seven. Yeah, they've already won it. I, I've I've okay. seen into the future, and right, if, if not, you will see me in the podcast. Want to blow my brains out? Anyway, what I would say, Valerie, look how she does her. Yeah, why did you? I was about to do a bit. Look at her uh, Instagram. The way she does her hashtags. Me. Like, this is some interesting hashtags. Like, some of them make sense. Dream come true. Mm -hmm. Hashtag discus throw. I guess that's the event. Tokyo twenty twenty. I get it. Even though it's twenty twenty one. Team USA. But then you have like hashtag sports, hashtag power. What is that? Hashtag grateful. I guess that's a, you know, I guess yeah. like a hashtag blessed. But hashtag sports is a unique awesome. one. Like how many people are searching sports on Instagram searching? And then it'll be like, oh, thank God I showed up in Valley Rollman giving me the content I wanted, the sports content. So it's a unique choice of uh, trying to get beat the algorithm. Uh one more comment here. Adelia says, so are all the finalists in the 400 now alternates for the 4x4 and mixed relay? Yes, we believe yes. they are. Although in 2019, there was they took seven of the eight, but I think they might just go all eight because you have the mixed gender relay and the and the 4x4. So if you want to be real sure, beat one person, but you're probably good in the 4x4. Yeah. 4x1 top six has been the traditional strategy. Yeah. So Trevor says you forgot Terrence Letter Adidas news. Yeah, we we mentioned that briefly with a thing Mo going. Oh, a thing Mo. We didn't talk about a thing Mo going pro either. We went right over that. I mean, makes sense, Pretty, right? She went pro. Yeah, didn't announce a sponsor. Did not announce a training group. But she waved goodbye to her NCAA career on her Instagram post that she made late last night. So not surprising when you run as fast as she has. There's not much left to accomplish in college and. With her, you can say that literally. It's not as if, oh, I won one NCAA title. There's nothing left to accomplish. It's now when you set collegiate records in two events and you win a bunch of NCAA titles and you're head and shoulders above everybody else, then you clearly have proven everything you can prove in college. So we'll see her in the 800. I'm guessing she'd have a new kit by then. Like this is what's the this is the behind the scenes part of the trials that people don't see about see uh, too much about is the agents negotiating and trying to figure out where different people are going because you want that exposure immediately and you want that exposure in 
the biggest meet so far, which is the Olympic trials and second biggest meet of the entire year. You don't want to waste an opportunity. So they're probably sorting that all out and we'll see by the time she runs the 800 meter first round. Uh, I think Mo's going to go down. Like she's going to be a fun fact in like year 2050. Be like, who's the one like all time great American 800 meter runner to never win an 800 meter NCAA title. And it will be a thing Mo because she chose not to do it, which is wild. Just the ultimate, ultimate flex there for a thing Mo throughout her very short, but amazing collegiate career. We'll leave it there. Thanks everybody for tuning in on the chat. We'll be back tomorrow again, sprint heavy day tomorrow. So we'll be talking all the sprints also steeple prelim as well. I believe Thanks to Colt for producing and Travis for all the amazing graphics. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. Subscribe to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube channel, and we will talk to you on Sunday. Go Sixers.